0: Hey, I'm Ponce, and I'm popping in to say we at What's With Washington want to know what you think about our show. We've just posted a survey. You can find it at whatswith.org survey, and it takes only five minutes to complete. It's the best way for you to tell us what you like and dislike about the show. Do you want more episodes between seasons? Would you want to hang out with us outside of the podcast, or should we stick to being in your earbuds? We want to know right now. That's org slash survey. Five minutes. We'll appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is What's, what's With Washington? Washington. Will you ask the questions about our region, about the place we live? About your neighborhood. Anacostia.
1: Prince George's County. Pentagon Anacostia, City. Woodley Park. Columbia Heights.
0: And WAMU answers. I'm a second generation Washingtonian. This is What's With Washington, where you ask questions about the D.C. region and we find you the answers. I'm Michaela LaFrac. One of the questions we get asked all the time is about D.C.'s height restriction. We obviously don't have any skyscrapers within the city limits and all the buildings seem to be about the same height. but people seem a little murky on the reason why. Is it that you can't build anything higher than the Capitol building? Is it the Washington Monument? I I don't know. We have
1: to check in at the desk.
0: I wanted to start with a little bird's eye view of the city so that I could really visualize this question. So producer Patrick Fort and I headed over to the National Cathedral, this beautiful gothic building that has the best view in the district. And the cathedral is about 300 feet tall, so just barely taller than the Capitol Dome, um, and actually about 200 feet shorter than the Washington Monument. So it's not the tallest building in the city, but it's on this hill, so when you're at the top, you feel like you're taller than everything else in D.C. It
1: says enter here. Yeah,
0: let's do that. Whew. We went up like a series of elevators that seem to just be getting like smaller and smaller, and then from there we went up this winding metal staircase a spiral staircase Um, and that was when like my stomach started to give out just hit my don't look down moment
2: oh wow knock knock follow me watch your step here
0: that's where we went outside and met my buddy joe alonzo he's the head stonemason for washington national cathedral
2: I'm Joe Alonzo. I'm the head uh, stonemason here at the Washington National Cathedral, on top of the cathedral central tower today. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no one higher than us. Not at all. <laughs> Six. See the sea level elevation of this tower is 676. Okay. Whereas the Washington Monument is basically, well, there it is, 596. So see, we are exactly 80 feet higher in elevation right now. Yeah. Then the top of the Washington Monument. Oh.
0: So can you point out some of the stuff that uh? can see here? Oh, here, let's go. See here? Okay.
2: So that you can what? That we can see. Well, there's so the, tall, the tall things. Uh, there's all the towers that are listed yeah. on the yeah. piece of paper, right, Mormon up along temple, the rest, yeah. Yeah. Right there.
0: Yeah. Uh, Where's that?
2: Mormon Temple's that white. Yeah, there's the Mormon oh, Temple. Oh, there it is. Church yep. there. Oh, there's the uh, vice president's house. That oh, yeah. white house with the black roof. See how that's all built
1: up now, Boston, Clarendon, keep going, keep going, then you're, do you know why buildings are allowed to be the heights that they are in D.C.?
2: What have I heard, that story? It can't be taller than the Capitol, is that what you've heard?
0: I, I loved this, because even Joe, whose job it is to work on the highest building in the city, he doesn't know about the building height rules in the district. But there is one person in the WAMU newsroom who I definitely know has the answers, and that is reporter Martin Ostermule. Hey, Martin. Hi, Michaela. Now, would you you object to the title of zoning wonk? Because that is... The phrase that I think of when I when I, I think mean of I prefer
1: you. zoning nerd but I think wonk could can, can, okay. can substitute we'll fine. Okay, both
0: definitely work. Let's just get right into it. What is up with the building height issue in DC? Why don't we have skyscrapers here?
1: Right. So if you've lived here for any amount of time or you just came to visit, you've noticed our skyline is very flat, and that is on purpose. This is not some coincidence that everybody decided the 13 floors was just a really nice height for buildings, <laughs> um, and it all comes from a federal law dating back to 1910 called the Height Act. And to get some more information on this, I talked to kind of one of the preeminent experts on the Hyde Act. He is a D.C. government official, Andrew Trueblood. He's the director of the Office of Planning. So he's the chief zoning nerd or zoning wonk for the city government. Um, and not only that, but he wrote his master's thesis at MIT on the Hyde Act. Like he literally wrote oh, wow. probably 100 plus pages on the Hyde Act. Oh, Yeah, that's a whole other level of Hyde zoning Act. nerd. And one of the things that he got to straight away is one of the big myths about the Hyde Act. The Hyde Act is not based on the height of the uh, Washington Monument. It is not based off of the height of the Capitol Dome. Um, it is based uh, on the height of buildings in the late 20th century and how basically how high a ladder could go uh, for, for fire extinguishing purposes.
0: So this is bad news for most of our question askers who usually think it's because of the Capitol Building or the Washington Monument.
1: Right, no, it absolutely is not. And even if it was, you'd imagine the buildings would be much taller. I tried to search out where this myth may have begun, like who started it. Was there one person who just said, hey, listen, this is why the high exists. And unfortunately, I couldn't find it. It's just one of those myths whose provenance we will never know.
0: That's it? That's all you have for me? Sorry. So how tall are buildings allowed to be in D.C.?
1: So the best way to think about it is they're about as tall as the street that's in front of them. So the wider the street, the, the taller the building can go. Really? And the reason, one of the reasons huh. they, they said they did this was partially aesthetic. They wanted some sense of proportionality. So a bigger an avenue, the bigger the building could be that's on that avenue. So think about Pennsylvania Avenue, very wide. Yeah. And buildings along Pennsylvania Avenue at their top height could be 160 feet tall. Okay. But in other parts of the city, you get roughly 130 feet because you have smaller avenues. You have less wide avenues.
0: Okay. So we know that this myth is not about the capital, but... Why does this rule exist?
1: So it all has to do with a single residential building in DuPont Circle. It's called the Cairo. It was built in 1894. It's 12 stories tall, about 164 feet. And around the time it was built, it was kind of this revolutionary moment in building technology. They used, they were using steel frames to build buildings, um, which had never happened before. They could put elevators in buildings, so things were getting taller. Fancy. I know, right? So this was the district's first tall residential building. And like I said, 12 stories, 164 feet, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but at the time was in Enormous.
0: Yeah, so it's like towering over the other. Exactly. And this was so a neighborhood at the
1: time that was literally two story row houses, maybe three story buildings, that oh, sort of thing. Crazy. So 12 stories was very, very tall. I went there, and it's one of these kind of fantastic old historical DC yeah. buildings that feels very French in its design. Um, it's in between, it's on Q Street between 16th and 17th. So it's a beautiful kind of part of the city. Oh, wow. You step out on this roof, it's kind of well-designed, and you see the entire city around you. You turn, you get a 360 view of the city. You're above everything else, spare some of the steeples. spare the, the Trump Hotel, spare the Washington Monument in the Capitol, but everything else is shorter than you are. Wow. And you kind of get a sense of how flat the skyline really is and how much it opens up the sky above you. But anyhow, so we're on the roof of the Cairo and the person who, t- who took me there, I was actually joined. I was invited by a resident. Uh, uh, his name is Aaron Landry. He's also an ANC commissioner in DuPont Circle. Yeah. And we were joined by Chris Leinberger. He's a real estate professor at George Washington University. And for a long time, he's been an advocate for getting rid of or at least loosening the Hyde Act a little bit. And this is it's a very contentious debate, as he will point out right here.
2: About two times ago when this came up and I got my first and only death threat. Now, it was from a proponent of keeping the height limit in. Now, the fellow was 85 years old, so I didn't take it too seriously. But um, it's got a lot of passion behind it. But I hope that we can have a more broad-based conversation that includes selective places to raise it and look at it from a financial point of view.
1: Well, this gets to the heart of the reason that we're here, and that's because of a question that we received here at WAMU, and it was from Matt Leshoff Sullivan. He was curious about how height restrictions in D.C. impact the cost of housing. Now, it's a very personal issue for him because he told me he's a renter. He, you know, he paid high rent when he lived in D.C. He now lives in Boston, and it's, you know, they don't have a height act, and he thinks that rent is more reasonable there. You know, I understand why it's there. You want to kind of preserve the, the skyline of the Capitol Dome and the Washington Monument, but the entire district being limited in that way, you know how much of a financial burden was that creating on people like me? That's not an insignificant concern nowadays in D.C. And a lot of people are paying a lot more rent than they'd like and they're they're looking to the government to find out what can you do to make rent cheaper. And this is, I think, the fundamental issue that he's getting at with his question.
0: Coming up after the break, we talk about potential changes to current height limitations in the district and how they do and don't affect the price of housing in our region.
1: Hi, it's diane the next meeting of my book club is on wednesday may 31st at 1 p.m eastern i'll host a discussion of mad honey by jody pico and jennifer finney boylan followed by a conversation with the authors find out more and register at dianeream.org/bookclub. book club Hey, it's Martin. Season two of What's With Washington might be wrapping up, but the WAMU newsroom has reporters and editors filing stories and delivering the news every single day. It's member support that makes this ongoing commitment to regional journalism possible. So thanks to everyone who has supported already. And if you haven't done it yet, click the link in the show notes today. We really appreciate your support.
0: And we are back. I'm still here with Martin Ostermule, WMU reporter and zoning nerd. And before we went to the break, our question asker, Matt, was wondering about how restrictions on building height affect the price of housing. So, Martin, do they?
1: So for this, we have to go back to the roof of the Cairo, where I went with Chris Lineberger. He's the real estate professor at GW. He's an advocate for getting rid of the Hyde Act, and he specifically thinks we should get rid of the Hyde Act because he thinks that it makes housing more expensive, which kind of gets to this, the, the question that we were asked. The reason for the affordable housing crisis, 70 percent of it, based upon our
2: research, is because of land values. It's because we've artificially constrained our ability to deliver land, and which is crazy because we in this country have more land than we know what to do with.
0: Okay. So because they, we can't build you know, a 50-story apartment building, it's just more expensive to live in the city.
1: Yeah. Basically, I think the way he explained it is that you know land increases in value. So it, it costs money for, let's say, a developer to buy a plot of land, and then they want to build a building. So they want to make as much money as possible, given what they've already invested just to buy the land. And I think Lineberger's argument is fundamentally if land was just cheaper... It would change the economics of the housing market because then developers would say well i didn't invest as much money because i didn't have to pay this much for land so i can build units that go for less money
0: so so it does sound like there is this link between housing prices and the height restrictions but you mentioned there are other factors at play it's not just a direct cause and effect
1: yeah so the you know when you come to the housing affordability debate there are people who say it's just an issue of supply build more housing things will get cheaper it's the kind of traditional supply and demand argument But there are others that come back and say, that's not really the case. You have to kind of be very intentional about building affordable housing. You can't just build more of it and hope it's all affordable. Because, again, D.C. has actually built a lot of housing in the last 10 years, and rents are more expensive than they were 10 years ago. So it kind of doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So you know, there is this idea that sure, raise the height act, but then you have to say to developers, okay, well, if we give you two or three more stories, you have to commit to building more affordable housing. And this has been an ongoing debate in DC. It's a big deal right now um, in in DC government, but even six or seven years ago, a member of congress asked dc to look into this dc looked into it and their 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 proposal was look just scrap the height act we won't change building heights too dramatically around the federal core so the, you know you'll still get the dramatic kind of views of the of the monument and whatnot and Oh,
0: so they would change the height act just for certain parts yeah. of the city it would
1: be more flexible in parts kind of a little further away from the federal core um and the one person that kind of took charge of this at the time was harriet tregroning she was at the time the director of the office of planning and, you know, I asked her recently about it, and this is what she had to say.
0: I mean, we specifically proposed uh, more growth as well in the core, uh, But it, like I say, it might be a story in terms of some buildings. It might be several stories in terms of other buildings. But that without a federal height limit, uh, that we would particularly look to try to develop in other locations. There are a lot of historic districts in D.C. that I bet people are really hesitant to let... Um, to let this happen and like to have the ability to build a really big building in right
1: yeah and this is again all of this is complicated so let's say they get rid of the height act tomorrow okay you still wouldn't get rid of the fact that there are tons of historic districts in town and historic districts mean that building things that are not quote unquote, unquote historic is very difficult or changing anything that's historic is extremely difficult so opponents of changing the height act say listen if you if you get rid of the height act you're going to change the city's character you're going to change the way it looks you're going to change the way it feels you're going to change the history and the tradition of it this is a it's an issue i brought up with rebecca miller she's the head of the dc preservation league this is an organization whose entire purpose is to preserve the city's history and has done so very effectively in 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 kind of getting Uh, buildings and neighborhoods landmarked as historic to protect them. Um, And this is what she had to say. People kind of, as we get into more and more people are coming to the city, and of course our housing prices are what they are, people are looking for something to blame. And the Hyde Act being this law that is now 110 years old, they're really just look they're pointing at things. It's just like people point at something like historic preservation as being a tool of displacement
0: how do even though even though local leaders can't just vote on this and change the law because we're being restricted by congress or congress is in control of the the height act how how do dc leaders feel about the Hyde act generally
1: conflicted yeah so i think a lot of especially nowadays there's a sense of housing prices have gotten a little bit out of control we need more housing we need to build it more quickly how do we build it more quickly? What do we? What obstacles do we have to remove to get that housing built more quickly? To ideally get prices down so that you're not paying 60% of your income in rent, um, and that's actually where Mayor Muriel Bowser is right now. As part of a, she wants to amend the city's comprehensive plan, which is basically the big master document of how the city looks and develops. And she wants you
0: read before going to bed every night.
1: I read it to my children actually, <laughs> <It> puts <laughs> them to sleep right Poor away. Children. So she wants to amend it to basically get the city a little bit more control over the height act now this would still require congress congress saying yes but still this is the first step okay so the she's ci- like
0: very pro yeah. getting rid of the height she is okay she, she
1: says let's I, I don't know if getting rid of it is the right term but loosening it loosening it a little bit amending it in certain parts of town okay um and that's just to build more more housing to, to get more space to, to put more 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 stories on buildings but this is the funny thing about how local officials feel about the height act six years ago when she was on the DC Council. And this was actually considered. It was debated. And the and the mayor at the time, Mayor Vincent Gray, proposed this exact same thing. She voted against it. And so did everybody else on the council spare one person, the late Marion Barry. And again, it's this idea that so many of these council members feel that the Hyde Act is linked to what the city looks like and how it feels in, in, in its character, uh, okay. that they don't want to mess with it.
0: So it's like a little, like, nimbyism like when yeah. you talk about the city at large it's easy to say yes we should have been the Hyde act so we could build more more buildings but then when you think about your specific neighborhood or ward you're like I don't want it here but like fine put a skyscraper over there
1: right exactly um but one person I did talk to recently about this is uh, chairman Phil Mendelssohn and he is historically has been an opponent of changing the Hyde act and basically he doesn't want to change because he thinks there's still other things the city could do to increase housing production before getting rid of the Hyde Act. And this is what he had to say.
2: Zoning is actually below the Hyde Act and actual development is for most of the city below with zoning permits. So there's a lot of potential for development
1: under existing zoning, which is under below the Hyde Act.
0: Okay. So I didn't I didn't really realize this. So there is this federal rule and we've like we've made it even stricter in some places. So we have like double height act.
1: Absolutely. And again, one one part of that is again, like I said, locally controlled. So there's there are changes we can make. And then there's the federal height act, which is much more complicated because that's Congress. But Mendelssohn says, Listen, we have control now, let's just use it.
0: Martin, thank you so much for being here and explaining zoning to me.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: This episode was produced by Ponsy Rutch, Patrick Fort, Ruth Tam, Julia Karen, and me, Michaela Lefrac. You can browse the many questions that we've answered at our website, wamu.org slash what's with. Or better yet, submit a question yourself. We would love to hear from you. Our theme music is by Ben Privet. Steve Lack mixed today's show. WAMU's general manager is JJ Yore. Andy McDaniel oversees all the content we make here. And if you love What's With Washington, tell a friend. Tell your mom. Tell your sister. Tell someone. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Michaela Lefrac. See you next time.